Winches and scallywags, rugrats over 18 years of age, prudes avert your ears and eyes. The Asylum Studio brings to you a show to bend your mind and implode your morals. Ethics be damned. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Chaos and Disorder. Finally, the talent has come back to the Asylum Studios. Welcome into Chaos and Disorder. I am Rick Flieger, fresh back from a drunken getaway to North Carolina, joined as always by the octogenarian bloviator, Mr. Rick Briggs, and the I would be a producer if I knew what all these blinky lights meant, Mr. Alejandro Finkelstein. Hey, what's this one do? Yeah, just just unplug it. It'll be fine. There we go. At least least that would work. That's all that He's got one button. That's right. We are Flinger and Briggs. Thank you, Andy Frampton. You can find Andy on TikTok and Facebook at Bronco Swanson. And, of course, the great music provided by Rival Lovers. You can find them on Twitter at Real Rival Lovers. You can see them on YouTube. And where else, fellas? Hold on. I I I know this. Wait. Can I see your sheet? Oh, yeah. Here, Here you go. Bandcamp, baby. There you go, man. My my new favorite website. I'm all over the Bandcamp. Also, check us out at Chaos and Disorder on the tweeters, Chaos and Disorder pod on the Facebook, and nobody cares about that dumb email address. I don't know why he challenges me like that. Nobody nobody sends email anymore. I'm a modern man. That Wrath of Khan. You know, he tasks me. What's a Wrath of Khan? Oh, God. Is this some kind of nerd comic book stuff you're into? I mean, it's a nerd thing, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah I don't, but I don't, it's awesome. Yeah, I don't watch that stuff. <laughs> Obviously. It's like the Spider-Man. I don't like that. No, it's not Spider-Man. Now, Spider-Man, the old comics were cool. I didn't mind the first couple of Spider-Man movies when they had, uh, what's his name? Tobey Maguire was, Toby was Maguire. Spider-Man. He, he was pretty cool, Peter Parker, but... Uh, uh, They've, they've gotten hokier and hokier. It's, oh, oh, really? A guy getting bit by a spider yeah. and then running Radioactive crawling spider. up walls and no. saving the world spider. has gotten hokey. Who could have seen, possibly seen that exactly. one coming? It was a, it, exactly. Terrible oversight. It may surprise you I've never seen any of the Spider-Man movies. I'm sure you're shocked by that. Have you seen any superhero movies? Have you seen any movies? Um, Anything. I remember, does Batman count as a superhero? Absolutely. I remember the one with uh, the guy from Multiplicity, the guy from Pittsburgh. Yeah, that that one years ago. I think so, yeah. Yeah. I think I saw that one, if I remember right. I mean, that's that's a hell of a way to kick it off. Yeah. I kind of started and ended there. That's fair. I've never saw the Iron Man or any of these Spider-Man. Do they still make Superman movies? Ish. Yeah, I don't. Ish. Yeah, I don't. Henry Cavill's actually really good as Superman. Henry Cattle? Cavill. Um, but no, the, we're not the, doing this. the writers are awful. That's oh. that's my point. The writing's terrible yeah. anymore. Yeah. I mean, the Marvel ones are great, but. Yeah, they haven't gotten too bad. And, and they're obviously the, <laughs> the computer. Oh, we did it. <laughs> what? We're, we're talking comic books now. So is, it is chaos and disorder. Oh jeez. <laughs> what is it you want to talk thing. about that's so fast? Anything that's not what is me. That, Let's talk about me. How was Larry's is, this week? Oh Larry's Last week. my that teeth is still like the hurt. Most boring subject. <laughs> Have you done this? No. Do you know about this? No. Have you done this? No. Do you eat this? No. 
great. Thank I, you. Next. But I drink a lot of Larry's Lemonade and call Broke Dick Podcasts and make comedy gold. Actually, it was not very funny. I thought it was pretty good. Nothing came out of your mouth was enunciated. Right. And so it absolutely made no sense. So, of course, Alejandro and I had to carry the show. You know, this may surprise you, not at all, but surprise you out of the last one. I never actually went back and listened to the show. Well, I would hope not. I was in a stupor the whole time. And, and I had noticed, he pointed out early on after I called in, how careful you two dummies were being about not presenting dozens and dozens of factual errors. So I figured it wasn't worth listening to if you weren't going to say anything that could trip you up. And it almost didn't end up on the air. I gave you two options, facts and not on the air, right? or on the air and completely made up poo-poo. Like, like in June, like what you did right. there. But I'm, a, I'm flat out of vacations now. What am I going to do? I'm going to do this terrible show twice a week. And now you got me doing the fantasy show. We're back doing fantasy football. When are we posting that thing? We can't put everything up in the same night. That's way too much, Flieger and Briggs. That's never too much Flieger and Briggs. That's the that's the key. Although if I there's never enough well, of Flieger and Briggs. So. We should have we we should already have been given our own studio and be doing this five days a week minimum. Well that I agree with. Yeah. But but as nobody's doing that, I think that's our sign that an hour a week's enough. I, no, I don't think that's a sign. It it just shows we need to endeavor to persevere. Whoa. What does that mean? Endeavored. How's Italy looking? You so you did not listen to the show. <laughs> I didn't okay. listen to a word. Well, let me no. let, let's rewind. Okay. okay. Um, as you know, and and I explained to the audience last week, so I'll briefly go through because you're familiar with it. We had a pretty successful gig on the old Armed Forces Radio back in the day. Ah, yes. And it, you know, we always you know appreciated. Being able to, and we actually got a lot of interaction with the men and women in the service overseas, and well, in this country as well. And through weird circumstances that we're really not real privy to, we ended up losing that gig. Yeah, anyway. It's kind of what we do. We get a gig, and anyway, then we lose it. Um, my old buddy, actually he's a, he's a good friend of my son. Okay. Um, I've known him since he's about this big. How it? big? We're on the radio. Nobody can see you. <laughs> well, I'm talking to you. Oh, I already okay. told the audience. Oh, they already week. know. So as, you describe as, the height. If you at that would point. listen, you would say, know that I'm recapping. Who listens for you. to this garbage? Obviously, you're not listening to me now. Oh, sorry. I mean, you wanted to know. <laughs> but anyway, Jimmy D is stationed over in Italy. Jimmy D. In the I, Army. That's a good nickname. And he is on a quest. Oh, okay. He is going to, he's relaying chaos and disorder. And, and of course, Jimmy, if you're listening, the the Asylum Fantasy Show to all his... Uh, what do you mean, if? If he's listening. Well, he hasn't yet because we haven't posted it. Oh, he that's better be listening. Of course he will. He's a good guy. Jimmy kid. D. Yeah. He's going to get a petition going. Oh, a petition. We're going to get... We're going to get us back on the air for the for the armed forces. Oh, I would take services. that. Yeah, I, I assume we don't know the guy who runs that anymore. No, that's that was one of the reasons we lost the yeah, gig, yeah. if you recall. 
So um, is he at least passing the podcast around to his fellow? Is he a soldier over there? Yes, is he, he is. He's so I mean, there's got to be tens of thousands of potential listeners. Exactly. Right what are you doing, Jimmy? Pass this thing out. Exactly. Or at minimum, play it ten thousand times. They count just the same for us. Right. So yeah, I mean, you're you you sit and play games all the time. Put us on. Anyway, <laughs> he sits and plays games all the time. What does Bulgaria that mean? has dropped to? Well, he oh, plays no. video games with my son. Oh, all the time, okay. You know, with right. The little headphones yeah. And all yeah. That. I'm with you. So anyway, Bulgaria has dropped the fifth. And wow, what happened re- in Bulgaria? If you recall, it must have been about God two or three weeks ago at least. We were killing him. We Bulgaria. were talking about Spain. If you recall, some of the stories were about oh, Spain, and then right. we were talking about how nice it was. Spain's up to second. Really? Listening to chaos. There are that disorder. many English-speaking people in Spain? Everybody knows English. We're the only dummies that don't know other languages. I think it was you bashing that rag. Uh, that I strike a chord there yeah, with that god-awful... They got a contract out on and you. The, He's Flieger. I'm Briggs. I'm the one that likes you. And the and the locals were like, yes, yes, he it is. It. He understands, but we can't say it. But he can. This guy gets it. That's right. But anyway, they are. So who's number one? Of course, United States. Oh, I thought you were only talking about foreign no, countries. So who's three and four? Well, it is Spain, then Canada, Russia, Bulgaria. Russia. Yes. Those got to be bots, right? The Russia, very possible. Yeah, I'm thinking that's that interpretive dance tour I was on. Well, that's true too. Belarus is over there. You yeah, know. it's all same thing. Yeah, huh? That's so, like, did our numbers drop in Bulgaria, or have these others just left? I above don't know. Them? All it shows is the percentages. Oh, okay. so I don't really know. Well, I would assume the numbers are dropping there because their percentage dropped. So, obviously, the number of listens have dropped there. Unless the numbers have just increased so much in Spain. Well, that's true, too. Yes, that's true. Now, we should be number one in Italy if Jimmy D's doing all this great stuff you're saying. I just told Jimmy last week. All right. So, um, now, I'll give you a little So, I expect to be bigger than spaghetti in Italy by this time next week. That's fair. That's reasonable. I, I would say hey, so. You know what? And then Bring and we'll them. give them three weeks to be bigger in wine. Well, that's a tall task. Okay, yeah, a, a bunch month. of drunks over there. Month, Why don't you month. bring up them winning the Euros, and then we can hashtag it. Yeah, I actually watched the penalty kicks on that. I happened across it. it. Good for uh, them. Yeah. Bully yeah. to you, Italy. Now yeah. down, hit download and subscribe. I don't know if you should say bully because that's an English term. and Well, I mean, they put the boots. Yeah, down. they yeah. pummeled them. But I'm pulling for Spain in the Olympics for soccer. Why? Oh, because of this thing. Now I get it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Don't you got to pull for the U.S. It's first? It's tough, man. It's tough. The U.S. is already number one in our listen, so. Well, that's true. You've got at least 14 listeners in the U.S., and that's going to be hard for any country to overcome. <laughs> i tell you what, it's, it is. So speaking of foreign countries, let's get your British Open breakdown. Number one, I thought it was a fantastic tournament. Um, not as tight as I would have hoped. Right. Um, down towards the end. But, boy, I mean, I don't know how much you watched of it, but, boy, that golf course would have been so much more fun if that wind would have just kicked up for a day. That's – if <laughs> this is a – I don't want to think it's a gripe, but it does – there was no weather – all week. None. That, kind of, that kind of bothered me. 
Yeah. It, it, it did. It, it probably made for a better golf tournament, right? The guys were just out making shots and were just playing the course. However, at least one day I wanted 25-mile-an-hour wind and raining from the ground up. Like they get, <laughs> like you get exactly. over there, it's stuff they wouldn't even play in in the United States in any other major. I, I was disappointed we didn't get any. Like to your point, at least no, some wind for God's yeah, sake. Yeah, that, that's all base guys hoping for. I didn't even care if it rained, but if it just had like the 20, 25-mile-an-hour wind, but... But that being said, Royal St. George proved to be a very fair, good challenge. Right. I mean, we saw some of these guys, you, you got off the fairways and bounced a little far into that heavy stuff, and, and you were penalized. Yeah, you were done. You and, were done, you I got mean, over We there. saw on the... On the uh, easiest hole in the golf course, par five. Louis Eusen put the second shot in that bunker. Try to get a little cute with it. Bang, right across the green into the next bunker. Then he's buried up against the, the that steep bank. Had to put it down way below the cup. Takes a bogey. It's a three-shot swing. Yeah. And it's boom, just like that. But uh, Morikawa, great, right? And, and here's yeah. what we see. Here's what you know about him. We, we say it about every, I take it you bet on him. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Cha-ching. Nice. He he put a dollar fifty on this one. A dollar seventy-five. Thank Ooh, you. Man, you 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 were feeling it. If that kid learns to putt consistently, he may be the next one, right? I mean, you see now this set up perfectly. He's a great shot maker, really calm on the course. I think that's where these kind of trick trickier courses play right into his strengths. But putting, he is so, what was he, 130th on tour or something going into the tournament? But this week he had no three putts. No three, none. And him and Jordan Spieth actually were the best on the greens, I believe. Right. You know, during the tournament. And so, yeah. I mean, if he, if he even becomes an average putter, th- this kid's going to win a whole lot. Of, he might win a whole lot of tournaments. Otherwise, it's just how often are you going to go to the British Open and the Greens are rolling at a 10 on the stint meter, right? <laughs> right? I mean, that, that was odd that they were rolling that slow. And quite frankly, ten, I think they said Sunday it was 10 and a half. And quite frankly, that is a good speed. I mean, take it from somebody that had to get him up to 13, 14, you know. Yeah, when, I don't like it. When it was 95 right. degrees. It's no fun. Right. And 10 and a half, you know, I mean, even go up to like 11 and a half. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a little quicker. But that's not a bad speed at all. You don't have to take a chip, you know, chip right. shot from 20 feet. I mean, it's a good speed. So, you know, th- this whole thing where they need to roll, roll like a pool table, I think Royal St. George has put that to bed. But, of course, you'll come back to America, and they'll want to see the carpet from oh, tea yeah. to green around every tree, you know, and have flowers and birds and chipmunks and squirrels running around. I don't like chipmunks. Have, having a happy time in the perfectly manicured golf setting that, you know, Americans deem necessary. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like him to look pretty like that. I love the Lynx course. I think that is just, I think that is just magnificent. Why don't we do more pot bunkers in the U.S.? I do like that. Because now these guys just aim for bunkers because, hell, they're better out of the bunker than they are off the grass anymore. Yeah, you're On right. U.S. courses. Now, of course, I mean, you look at those, Now we talk about that briefly, you know, the stack of sod blocks right. on those things. Well, that's basically all that is. They don't do that around, you know, they shape around these bunkers and, 
they don't make them like that. They don't look nice. Well, you know, yeah, I guess they're not. It's as not links. You know, we're we're a real golf course. Do you guys prefer the matches ending up like minus double digits, or do you like it when it's minus three, minus four, minus five as the I champion? I don't really care. Okay, gr- this would have been a great example. Like we saw, they finish up. What was it? Twelve. Or 13. 13, I Lauren think. Lauren Kyle was 13, Yeah, 13, and Spieth was 11, I believe it was. Right. You throw a couple of days of wind on there, now you're probably looking at six or seven. Right. So, I mean, I think that's the perfect course. If it's nice and you're playing well, you can score well. You throw in some weather or whatever, and it, and it gets to start penalizing people. Now you're talking six or seven under is, is winning scores. I find nothing wrong with that. I don't think – you know, Rick and I have talked about this a million times. You don't need to tricked up wing foot to have three or four over par to prove it's a tough golf course just because you have a hay field growing up everywhere. Well, and, and glass top greens, that, those right. are the ones that bother That's me. That slope back. Right. When you, you can't when even you, hold a When shot. you hit the perfect approach shot right where you need to on the green and it rolls off 30 yards back into the fairway, that's not naturally occurring. And if it is, you shouldn't have built a golf course there, at least a green right there. So, yeah, I I think that was just a function of the weather. And and if there was a disappointment with that tournament, it was that. Now, the disappointment for Jordan Spieth, what a meltdown on 17 and 18 on Saturday. Nice job coming back later in the round on Sunday, but then come out and was just chopping it up Sunday early on in his round pulled it back together but inexplicable you miss a two-foot putt on 18 on saturday when you're in contention for a for a open something something's up this might stick with him for a while it happens i mean look at morikawa in the third round he had fallen back to like six or seven under earlier in the third round but actually pulled it together i mean they have those things i mean you know it actually a guy on Twitter was talking about, oh, Louis Oosthuizen choking on that par five. The guy had a bad hole. Right. I mean, it turned out to be a real killer, and it probably stuck with him a little bit, but it doesn't take much. I mean, there's not – I mean, it's not like he went, you know, bogey, double bogey, bo- hacking around. A Vanderveld. Remember – we remember the – Right. The, the – what was he, leading by three shots and taking eight on yeah. the 18. I mean, you just don't – that's a total meltdown. You have a bogey on a hole, you have a bogey. I mean, but I, I get what you're saying. Missing a two-footer on that's 18 tough. Saturday, that was – that that's, was. That's I'm actually – I don't know if I'm that much more impressed. He probably should have chopped around and fallen apart all of Sunday. And the fact that he was able to gather himself, you know, and do what he did on the back and make it – at least make Morikawa think about, you know, not forget he was back there and start to get himself back into it. But, man, that, that one's got to keep you up. You don't see that often on the tour, a no, two-footer. You don't. And and I can't remember who the they mentioned in the, in the final round. He ended up shooting a 73, and which is, I think, three over, which, which is not a good finishing round. However, he had 42 on the front. Right. He came back with a 31. I mean, you know, that's – Boy, I tell you what, Check I mean that, that math, will you? That that's nerves click, 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 when click, you can click, pull click. it together. Mm-hmm. You know, shooting seven over on one side and then, and then knocking it out at least you know four under coming back. It's you know that that's not falling apart. Yeah, what what I don't know 
coming out of that, does that embolden him that he made that comeback? Or is this a sign of there's something more there and it's, he's not ready to, to get back over the hump yet? No, I think he, I think he is ready, quite frankly. I think his, just by watching – I watched, uh, God, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday I was watching, and it just – he's so much confidence – in his swing and in, in his setup and his even the club selection, he's not afraid to make to make the shots. Yeah, he missed a two foot putt, but I don't think that was anything that's going to permanently ruin any type of comeback. It seems to me he's made, you know, the adjustments. He's been a new swing coach, whatever they were talking about, reverse building the swing and all this Ooh, kind of stuff. I need you know? that. Yeah. Well, yeah, you do. That's for sure. I'm pathetic. Start at your pathetic impact and start backwards. So bad. So bad. So, so I hope so. So you always have to have the conversation after a major, especially now a guy under 24 years old gets his second major. Morikawa, what are we talking? 18, 12, 10, 6, 2. Time will tell. I mean, we talked about the same thing a few years ago with Jordan Speed. Right. So, I mean, yeah, you you have no clue. You're That's just... where it shows you really how impressive you know, what Tiger Woods did was. He came out the phenom sure. and kept it going. What I do suspect, maybe I'm wrong, the fields are better now than maybe what Tiger Woods was playing against, or there's not the one guy that intimidates everybody. But I'll tell you what, with Morikawa, He's not the most exciting golfer to watch, right? He's not Tiger Woods in that regard. He doesn't make wild, crazy shots. He is just rock solid, steady, makes all the right shots. The only thing missing in his game is the putter, and you see what happens twice right. when he putts well, you can't beat him. Right. You know, If he could fix that and it not affect the rest of his game, this kid could be the real deal. Well, there's no and he's doubt. so damn likable. Just, well, you see him true. interviewed, he's a likable kid. I don't know. You, you talk about you know how many majors and so forth, and it is it, it's just going to be a time tested thing to see. I mean, because you, know, you look back, there's only one Nicholas, there's only one Woods, there's only right. one Ben Hogan, Bobby Jones. They don't come around all that often. No. Yeah, he could be a six to ten major guy if he stays. And that's quite an achievement if you right. think about oh, it. Oh, yeah, if you win. Oh, he only had seven majors. Good God, seven <laughs> major titles. Okay. Yeah, shame, 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 shame. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so now we'll get to the portion where we'll let uh, we'll let uh, Pony Boy over here. That, that haircut I can't get used to, first of all. I, I don't like it. Grow it back out. Oh, I guess we're going to commercial. I don't get to ask him a question. Yeah. Not right now. Oh, Lord. Okay, Wait, well, when did he get so chesty? Now he'll come tells. back and we'll be talking. Uh, I don't even have the some com- NFL. I don't even have the commercial ready yet. There's been some significant things happen in the it's, NFL. It's really good We've music. We've got a few you other, you know, if you don't mind, I'm trying to prep going into the commercial for God's sake. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> he can't hear I you over. call Mitch down here. What? Uh, what? <laughs> he can't hear you over the music. You think the one time I want him to talk, I start addressing him directly, and his response is to play the break music. And you're stunned by this? <laughs> I shouldn't be. I guess the only thing that stuns me is he actually managed to get the music over the air. You're actually in the wrong on that one. All right, so I don't know. I wasn't listening to you either, but we'll talk about whatever that shit was that Rick was saying right after this. Let's talk about our sponsor, Dead Sled Coffee. 
Dentist Lake Coffee strives to create a culture of acceptance and respect no matter what your level of coffee knowledge is. They are distinguished coffee for the exceptional and unconventional. They offer amazing products that do not require your dictionary or your atlas to appreciate. Feel comfortable ordering their coffee and know that it is not a crime if you do not know where the beans came from or where it was processed. They have done all the work for you, having slurped and sniffed through endless cuppings so you can just sit back and enjoy your coffee experience. Not sure what to try? Well, try some of their new signature blends, the Robert England blend, the Kiss blend, and the Cypress Hill blend. Go to deadsledcoffee.com. Use the promo code DEADSLED15 and take 15% off your order. Deadsledcoffee.com. And hey, tell them Fligger and Briggs sent you. And that, my friends, is why we've resisted the verge to go video podcast. That's a little behind the scenes right there that, that we can't go. Great news, everyone, though. Fantastic news. I am thrilled to report Rick has finally, after the first break, set aside his teetotaling ways and is back into the booze where he belongs. And I couldn't be more relieved. <laughs> it's just not happening. I'm... I was afraid you were dying. Well, I'm a little low in the Gatorade, as you can see. What's with all the Gatorade? Well, I'm in my prime, so I've got to stay <laughs> hydrated. Well, you managed to stay in this prime by being a miserable alcoholic for 74 years. Why the change now? Swallow it first. He's about to spit out. Glug, glug, glug. <laughs> Can we call this show Swallow It First? Yeah. I think I that's like a that good one. name. Did you like last week's? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, I still forgot uh, to look look up who sang that. I might Quite frankly, that. I'm offended. <laughs> in, in this woke age. offend you <laughs> with a 12-pound hammer. What are you talking about? So... A uh, little NFL news, of course, we talked about it in the Asylum Sports Show, if you haven't listened to that, but you know, Cam Akers tearing an ACL, significant changes in the forecast uh, of the Rams offense, right. in my mind. Yeah, I, I think bringing in a veteran, right? I mean, that's what they got to do. I would think so. I mean, I, I would not want to be having a new quarterback in there with all the other weapons in, in your prime for this Probably the toughest – well, I'd say definitely the toughest division prime. of football prime for that championship to, to rely on Daryl Henderson. No, I think I think certainly, certainly you bring in a veteran. You know, everyone instantly went to Todd Gurley. Looked to me like he was done last year. Though The one that intrigues me is what about Le'Veon Bell? That seems to fit in that offense. Now, he's a jackass, and, and you always have to factor that in, and his jackassery has reached, you know, peak level here in this offseason. But – well, you talk about a dynamic player. You talk about a team with strong personalities. Now a very veteran quarterback. You got Aaron Donald on the other side. You know, you you really gonna mess with him? Yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, that's you know the. Do you guys want to do one of those uh, phone calls on the air thing? We're gonna do a phone call. On we have the a air? phone call. Who's yeah. calling? I don't know. All right. Hello. Well, such a wonderful time to finally be heard. Who, who is this? It's the one and only. The Tower of Power, too sweet to be sour. The Appalachian outlaw himself, Mr. Bronco Swanson, Andy Franklin. Bronco Swanson on the line. On the air. This this is just such a unexpected pleasure. How, how did you well, get this worry. number? Don't worry, will get off the rails quick, but trust me. <laughs> 
Well, it, it is such a pleasure to have you in here, and um, you know, I thank you every beginning of every show for your great introductions that you provide us, and it's great to have you on. So how ashamed are you to be associated with this show? That's the important question. Scale of one to ten? Like, I don't know, five and a half. No, that's, that's not too bad. That's <laughs> yeah, not we'll too take it. I've been associated with way worse. I mean, it's, you know, there's, there's, there's definitely a, like, do you ever have those days where you get on Facebook and it shows you your memories and it stretches back to like eight years ago and the first thing you think is like, holy shit, why was I around those people? <laughs> every day, every damn day. Now, yeah. now, Rick, on the other hand, if he goes back and looks back eight and a half years, he looks and goes, Jesus Christ, I can't believe I'm still alive. I was oh, old I mean, then. I sometimes, too. <laughs> <laughs> but his is just old age, not, yeah. uh, not, the, not the lifestyle you, you've chosen to lead. <laughs> just, you know, just substance abuse and depression. That's really all it is. <laughs> hey, you fit in quite well with us. Yeah, well, your I mean, substance abuse, I'm depression. Yeah. yeah. And I'm both. Hey, look, that could be a definite mainstream gimmick nowadays for y'all's podcast. I mean, it sells right now. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know if you know, but I'm pretty sure at least 50% of this country has never had their dads hug them. <laughs> hey, speaking of which, Andy, um, how's that OnlyFans going? Did you ever get that up and running? Man, that OnlyFans seemed like a great thing as we talked about it, and then we made it happen. And <laughs> <laughs> So the backstory on this for Briggs and Flieger who don't know, Andy was going to do an OnlyFans, well, did an OnlyFans, where he would be your dad. Okay, I like it. And you can fill it in from there, Andy. Yeah, yeah When and this was, I, I feel like I'm probably on, in the same boat with a lot of people. I don't know exactly when OnlyFans launched, like when that became a thing, but I'm well aware that it became a mainstream thing during the, you know, shutdown last year during the pandemic. I'd never heard of it. I didn't know what you could do. But like I said, I know a lot of people are very unhappy with their lives in the younger demographics. <laughs> and like, when I'm not on the road, I bartend in my hometown. Which and, is there? Uh, uh, Charleston, West Virginia. I actually bartend in two different bars. I bartend in the Blue Parrot in Charleston on Saturdays and Sundays when I'm not on the road. And on Friday nights when I'm not on the road, I'm at Charlie's Pub in Fayetteville, which is a totally different town and animal because Charleston is like a working-class town. Fayetteville is a tourism-based town. So... I insult two different groups of people <laughs> on the weekends, but I've like, I'd garnered a reputation just because I was older than our regulars. You know, I'm in my mid thirties. A lot of them are in their mid twenties. So I, I became like a bad decision dad for these kids. <laughs> so are you offering hugs or just advice? It all depends on how hot they are. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I'm open-minded. I'm still shallow. <laughs> but I like it. Like, like sometimes, you know, I would just hear a couple people that, you know, I knew decently well from being regulars. And they would just be rattling off some nonsense they were going to do. And I, I either had done something similar or knew somebody who had. And I'd always be like, yeah, you can do that. But this is how it's going to turn out. <laughs> 
and I just garnered this reputation of being the bar dad. And after about six months of that, I started saying, I am the bar dad. You are all my children, and I love you very much. (laughs) You need to merge. Now, here, have another drink. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, now, here, give me your money. Right, yeah. Of course. It it literally went from being, oh, Frampton just knows, you know, he's lived a little bit more than us. It went from that to me, like, having a two-dozen-member alcoholic cult. (laughs) That's awesome. I would join that cult. Yeah, just people that were telling other people, man, Frampton can be your life coach. No, no, I can't. What do you want, a non-championship team? What the hell's wrong with you? Well, well, you know, this generation, they'll get a trophy anyway, so it doesn't matter. Well, I mean, I want all the trophies, too. I don't know if you guys (laughs) know this. Um, This generation is missing out on wanting trophies because you can go to a flea market and just buy old trophies and then take them to an engraving place and have them put whatever the hell you want on the plaque. I might have to look into this and get a bowling yeah. trophy and say, like, best milk drinker. Yeah, that's exactly the kind of thing you can do. And then if somebody calls you on it, you can go, okay, were you at the bowling milk drinking competition? Oh, you weren't? Well, how about you shove it up your ass then? <laughs> well, speaking of drinking, we have seen some of your, uh, you know, on YouTube, you uh, rating alcoholic beverages, which is right up our alley. It's. I don't know if you've noticed, I only rate the bad ones. Well, I don't know, that Waffle House one, you gave a raving review. Yeah, the Waffle House one is actually really good. That's, uh, you know, if anybody goes uh, YouTube, TikTok, wherever they want to find me and they see that review, I gushed about the brewery and all that. Great people that I met down there. Um, But I did find out very early in doing those beer reviews that people don't like it as much when I like the beer. People want to people want to see me be uncomfortable with what I'm drinking. (laughs) Which you nail, by the way. It's the bad thing is I ran out of bad beers. I would like to like, say we would be able to help you out with that, but up around this way, there's a lot of really good breweries. So, well, I mean, I've had Iron City Light before. We don't talk about that, as you should not. <laughs> it's not awful. It's oh. not awful. <laughs> but not had... being awful is not a great accomplishment. Have you ever had Larry's Lemonade? Oh. I've never had Larry's Lemonade, but I do hear it get talked about a lot when you guys are doing this show. Yeah, yeah. If we if we ever get you in studio, I brought back a year's supply for myself, but I, I wouldn't mind, especially for a connoisseur of fine liqueurs that you are. I, I will say, set some aside and send your way. The, the fine malt beverage monster that I have become. Well, hey, um, we, we won't keep you too long. We appreciate the phone call. Um, oh, yeah, man. Uh, what do you, what do you say getting you actually in studio? Um, I'll be your per- personal Butler County tour guide for a day or day and a half. To... Oh, nice! You have a drunk chauffeur, just what you need. Yeah. Oh man, it's gonna be like the Princess Diana ride all over again. <laughs> <laughs> but well, see, I told you guys I was old too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll show you a good time. I'll get you some good eats, get you some good beer, and uh, then we'll bring you in the studio. You'll have an awful time and drink some awful beer. I'm for all of that. That sounds amazing. All right. Do you got uh, any shows coming up? Actually, uh, yeah. Um, 
what freaking month is this? This is July. I think it's March. (laughs) Yeah, March or somewhere in March. It works. Um, July 31st, I'll be at uh, High Ground Brewing in Morgantown. Then August 5th, which is a Thursday, I'll actually be at the brand new Crackpots Comedy Club over in uh, Massillon, I think is how you say it, Ohio. It's right there outside of Canton. We can roll and with that pronunciation. I have I have no idea. Uh, the area the area I'm from isn't good with you know learning. So <laughs> just there's uh, one of my favorite things to do when I'm out of town is make my voice worse than it sounds right now when I'm in a bar that has the Mexican beer Modelo, oh, and I man. love to look at the bartender and say, "Hey, let me get one of them Modelos." <laughs> And on it's that- one of my favorite things to do, just because I'm well aware that I sound and look like a build-your-own Storm the Capitol action figure. <laughs> and, and on but, that uh, note, we will save how we we met that wonderful night <laughs> at Stage uh, Yeah, <laughs> Yes, my God, it's going to be great. All right, sir. I, I don't want to cut you too short, but we want to save some comedy gold. Gentlemen, you have anything else for Mr. No, Bronco? I appreciate it. Go check him out at Bronco Swanson. Check it all out. I, I think he's spoken for himself today. I got nothing more to say. Yeah, and, you know, a, a guy, I used to live in West Virginia myself. I, Where the I, hell didn't you live? I love that state, quite frankly. Wait, wait, wait. Before I go, what part of West Virginia did you live in? I actually lived in Martinsburg. Oh, you didn't live in real West Virginia. You go to hell. <laughs> And on that well, note, everybody, well, I'll tell you what, Andy, I'm with I'm with these knuckleheads every week, so I am in hell. Okay. <laughs> there, there's going to be one person from Martinsburg hear that and want to fight me now. It's going to be great. Wait, on, and also on that note, you're going to have to bring up the uh, oh, what was it the not the lady in the lake story, but you you know what I'm talking about um, that you offended so many people on your uh, TikTok review. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll definitely talk about the town of Big Ugly. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) All right, sir. Thank you very much for calling in. And we will. uh... Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. I love the show, guys. Awesome. Thank you so much. Let's do it again. Absolutely. All right. Take it easy, man. Oh, yeah, y'all. There he goes. What a pleasant surprise. Indeed. At Bronco Swanson on the on the TikTok. Let's let's take our hats off to Alejandro for actually being able to connect into the board yeah, properly I, that we I can actually hear the call. stunned and a surprise guest and he could hear us and presumably based upon the squigglies we could hear him this yeah. this, this is the the upset of the century yeah. <laughs> you don't give yourself a yeah yourself. oh yeah give yourself a yeah, yeah like he can't that. preemptively do it you have to offer him true, the yeah true all right, man. That that guy is funny. That guy, we we have got it. Does he realize what a broke dick operation this is, though? I explicitly explained broke dick operation. I explained Butler County. Okay. I explained well, Butler County probably looks like a metropolis compared to where he's coming. Charleston's from. not a bad town. I'm not sure. Have I ever been in Charleston? I don't. What's know. there? You tell me. Well, is there like a reason I'd have been there? It's no, because capital? West Virginia is a Morgantown. Yeah, you yeah I've been in Morgantown okay. plenty. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's... it's Where's Charles? That's the big town right off 79 there, yeah, right? it's the capital. If you, you know. miss that, if you're coming back from down south and you miss that where you get off onto 19 to come home and stay on 70-whatever too long and takes you four hours out of the way, isn't that where you end up? Give I or take. I don't think so. 70 
north, way north. No, of seventy-one or seventy-seven, whatever road takes oh, you down to Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, t- yeah, right. All right, so yeah, oh, that's a big city there. He probably thinks we're yokels. We are, but the fact that he uh, also works in Fayetteville is awesome. I, I love Fayetteville. Can't can't say I've ever been there. Oh, uh, it's amazing. Uh, Secret Sandwich Society unfortunately burnt down, but that place is awesome. Secret Sandwich Society? Next time you're running down to the beach, well, you probably don't go that way. No, I think I go, do I go by Martinsburg? Is it on 81? What's the town on 81? Martinsburg. Yeah, that's that's crazy down there. He's right. That's not real West Virginia. What? That's like Virginia. Well, Northern I mean, Virginia. The last spillover. time I was through West Martinsburg, ain't like, to yeah. Martinsburg that I left either. Right. That's for sure. I mean, it's all. It was just a small hick town when I was there. Really nice. I liked it, you know. But it is crazy built up over it's the last. A, I mean, you got to realize I was there in '83. Something like that, 83, 84, you know, for those couple of years. And, I mean, it doesn't even look remotely what it used yeah, to. Yeah, it, it seems to me like it's just a spillover of northern Virginia mm-hmm. at this point. And you got some of those deep sea people there. So, so I See, agree. Andy's talking about age. That boy don't know what age is yet. Well, so, I wait until he know. sees you and be like... <laughs> seeing it opening a coffin at some point <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be like stunned. the undertaker you know? i have <laughs> never met anyone that old in yeah. person you you could be a part of it we need to go to a show he needs to do a show up here because i know i'm not getting you to cross a state line after 8 p.m or we might be working on it something in the area we are working on it he we, talks to himself uh, like he's more no. than one, and he probably is more than one person do in we have there, a promotion but, company now me, me and natasha supposed to know who natasha yes is. natasha's the voice in my head oh okay one, one of the 63 like the like lily for alexa bliss there you go there you go now you're huh. ready i'm ready what yeah. am i ready for i don't know so we what do, you, what do you think of the signing of melvin ingram for the steelers i think it makes all the sense in the world right if, if he's healthy what what i don't understand and what makes me nervous with that I don't understand why he's still out on the market, why he's taking one-year deals from the Pittsburgh Steelers in mid to late July. What am I missing? Because this guy was one of the best for a long time. Well, you got to realize he's coming off, and I hope it's not a trend. I mean, he's coming off of – you know, in 2018, he had, you know, a seven-sack season, you know, and so forth. Had seven sacks in 19. Of course, years before that, you know, even more, you know, it was ten and a half and so forth. But last year, he did not have one single sack. I mean, you know, he didn't play all that well, didn't play all that much. Right. And But, you know, like you and I talked, like, or in the studio before we went on air, I mean, this has all the makings, really. This could be another Kevin Green signing. It, it kind of feels that way. I don't know if Ingram's on that level no, of a player. I agree, but, but and I think when you look at it realistically, you know, everybody remember it was Bud Dupree leaving when every Steeler fan and every pundit on the four letter network said, Oh, the Steelers are done, they're awful. You know, it's Ben was off we can't play on the offensive side and you let Bud Dupree go. I would rather have Melvin Ingram if he's what even a shadow of what he was at that price tag versus what Dupree, what Dupree ended up getting and possibly losing TJ Watt, you know, because there's a lot of talk right. now 
that that a Watt deal and a Watt extension is going to be done before the season starts, which would be fantastic to get that out of the way. And you think about the cap room saved by that. This this move's brilliant. He's a guy that can rush the passer. You got a guy like Watt on the other side. He's going to make the person on his opposite side better if Ingram is healthy and he can stay healthy, which I don't think he's shown a history of injuries. He was last year, but prior to that, that wasn't. Right. Part of his makeup and no. wasn't part of what we knew know him. <laughs> I'll bet you he's a seven, eight, nine sack guy with TJ Watt, and, and you get Bush back with everybody drawing all that attention. A guy like Melvin Ingram, believe it or not, could be the forgotten one. Well, that's that was uh, a point I was going to make. He's he's leaving, uh, you know, a Charger team where he was the guy, right? And of course, he had that bad year last year and so forth. But now he gets on a Steeler defense, which is a top-five defense in the league. Basically, as it set yesterday, he, it was a top-five defense. Now you add him to that defense that, that has all those pieces that you just mentioned that can get after the quarterback, that can, that can plug up the middle and plug up the run you know, to, to allow him to do some other things. Yeah, I mean, this is – this has all the makings of a great comeback season right. for this guy. And if nothing else, it's only one year, $4 million. Right. What do the Steelers lose? It's a, it's exactly. a brilliant move. And I always look at the other teams that were pursuing him. Kansas City was pursuing him. There were guys, I like him better. The Steelers were pursuing Justin Houston. I like Ingram in, at this point right. better than I like Justin Houston at this point. I think I think it's a brilliant move. And for $4 million bucks, um how let's put it in a negative light how bad does he have to play where it's not yeah. worth it you know what um, i'm saying i mean because it's 4 million dollars is next to nothing and like you said if he performs even looks like himself right you know from previous years he's he's going to be well worth that through five games. Oh, no no question about it. And I think that's that's what it would be. It would be injury, not playing at all, right. or, you know, not even affecting, you know, if he if he is ineffective with what he has around him, that'll be pretty evident right away. I suspect you're going to see almost, a, I don't want to say a resurgence. He had one down year, right. know, injury plague down year. I think it'll be pretty evident early on. I mean, he is 32, but like you said, he doesn't have a, that injury, uh, nagging injury history. So, I mean, it's not like, well, you know, the guy's had a torn knee, a separated shoulder, blah, 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 right. this, that, and the other. He doesn't have that baggage. He coming off a bad year. He did have an injury. And, and 32 is not ancient yeah. anymore. Well, to you. Uh, no, that's I a mean, kid to you. Getting into his prime. <laughs> getting in. Gross. I'm so tired of the problem. More importantly, I noticed, I don't know what you were doing on the computer there. You had something up, and I'm pretty sure I saw a Warrant Cherry Pie 30th anniversary tour. Where were you at and find that again, and what time do we leave? That would be Jurgles Rhythm and Grill, which we wanted to tell our boy, um, oh, Glug, glug, glug. I don't know what What's he doing. About. What was that? Know. He's having a stroke John, on air. Johnny Reed. Foley. Okay. Reed about Foley. What about him? Jurgles Rhythm and Grill. Okay. There it is. Stop it. Is this actually happening? When's this happening? Damn it. He blew it again. We will. 
Well, that, that'll be for off-air and another show. This is July 20th, Mr. Flieger. Very good. Do you know what happened on July 20th, by chance, in history? <laughs> July 25th. July 25th. Sunday, July, no, 25th. July 20th. So this coming Sunday. Yes. Oh, I got to think about You're this on it. one. I got to think about this one. Sorry, go ahead. July 20th in history. Yeah. Uh, it's not your birthday, is it? No. Um, so, shocker, no, I don't know. 1969, Paul oh, the moon landing. on the moon. I did know that, actually, now that you say it. 356 B.C., Alexander the Great was born. He was a little tiny baby in 356 B.C. I don't think you can prove that. Did you just say you were a little bit, bitty baby? And... <laughs> That's what it sounds like. No, I was like. in high school. <laughs> wait, wait. He was Did driving that at, at that point. That's why I left Greece, because I used to push him over. You know, I was mean to him. So that's actually yeah. something I had written down to get into, and I know we got to sell some sandwiches here pretty quick. But, you know, this week you, you see the, the moon landing, and we're talking about that, and then these dumb billionaires now are going up into space. Right. You know, Branson's going, and then didn't Bezos go today? Yeah. Which probably wasn't an accident that day he picked. When, if you could afford it, if money was no option, when space travel becomes a vacation thing right. or whatever, would you do it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I have no desire to go to space. I mean, if it was, like you said, if somebody said, hey, Rick, here's a ticket. Right. Yeah, that's you what know, I'm to saying. To the moon or Mars. Uh, maybe not Mars. That takes a long time. It would take decades, wouldn't it? No, I think it's, it's only far. months. It's like further than Florida. It's like far. I think it's like six months to get there. Well, you, you don't got that kind of time. But, yeah, I'd go to the moon. You can get there in like three days, something like that. But they're not landing, right? You're just They're just kind of going well, up yeah, and then I, coming back down. 150 okay. to 300 days to Mars. Okay, so it's, like I said, years. Well, 150 <laughs> to 300 days. What, is a headwind or what? <laughs> I mean, God, that's a hell of a window. Yeah, that, that's a good point. <laughs> it didn't even land on me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can see it's the difference. You know, it takes six hours to get to Vegas to and four hours. and a half to get okay, back. Yeah. You know, that I can understand. 150 to 300 days. <laughs> yeah. And there's no wind, period. <laughs> Depending on the speed of the launch, the alignment of Earth and Mars, and the length of the journey the spacecraft takes to reach its target. Well, well you no get freaking lost? We, uh, yeah, I told you to take a right at the moon, damn it. I'm taking the scenic route. <laughs> God. Anyway. No, no if it's just no to go tools. up and ride around, no. Yeah. I'd, but no, say, I, but if it were, price was no object, and I could go up and like you get out and walk on the moon or something like that, yeah, I'd do that. That'd be cool. I don't. I couldn't do it. And I go in one of those uh, those deep deep sea subs. You know that can go oh, down no, like you're not two three me miles. In that tuna can and shooting me under the. Ocean. Well, I figured if that thing just caves in, you're done anyway. Well, so yeah. what's the big deal? Up or down, you're done once it starts leaking. Flieger, which one? Bullet to your or gun to your head? All you right. have to pick space or the abyss. I'm going to need more details on this abyss. The abyss. It's like, okay, say one of those subs going down in the Marianas Trench in the Pacific Ocean. Okay. So th this is the abyss. Um, you never saw the no, movie The no, Abyss. That, that no. one's on me. That one's on me. I should have known. No, I never saw that. Of course. Abyss. Great movie. Probably space. I ain't Ooh. messing with water. Okay. 
Okay. Because here's what I think. It won't be in my lifetime, probably. Although, by your definition of prime, I've got 118 years left. So <laughs> it may happen. I, I suspect if any good comes out of these a-hole billionaires, you know, going into space and coming back out, it's going to be that's going to become kind of the future of air travel, right? Where when you want to fly out to Vegas rather than having to fly across the country and count on these tailwinds and all this nonsense, they just blast you up in the air into space and shoot you straight back down, and the whole thing takes about forty-five minutes. That could be kind of cool, and that counts as space, I think. But now, just go, you know, I assume abyss is butt deep in the water, the, the way you guys are talking about it. I don't Miles. want any, Yeah, I don't want any part of that. I would like to see, and it never happened, obviously, in our lifetime, even though they have actually done it to, I don't know, some sort of, you know, subatomic particle, the, the transporter beam, where they actually converted a subatomic particle or something of matter into energy and put it into another place. Right. You know, that would be cool to be able to do that. You know, you're standing right here. Well, I'm heading out to whatever, Montana. Yeah, going to Montana and I'll be back tomorrow. Like Willy Wonka. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And Gene Wilder is by far Willy Wonka. Absolutely. Period. Do I sell some sandwiches? But I, I want to get into uh, this uh, Rule 19-2 change in the NFL. Well, I'm unfamiliar. So. I figured you might be. So let's go uh, hear from our friends at the Chop Shop, and then I guess we're, we're diving deep into the NFL rule book. Dig deep the, into your pocket. Into the abyss. The abyss of the NFL rule book. There it is. God, we... I thought we were going to have to stall forever. For Normally he just plays it. I thought that was the new thing. That was a really long intro from our friends at Rival Lovers. Indeed. So, all right, so rule 19.2, and Rick is now chugging beer. All was right with the world. We'll be back right after this. We would like to take this opportunity to tell you about our sponsor and friends, the Chop Shop in Butler, Pennsylvania. The Chop Shop is leading the way in the western Pennsylvania area for good eats. With fresh menus, great specials, in-house made desserts, and the recently added iced tea, lemonade, and milkshake bar, you are sure to find something to fulfill that craving or hankering, and even a little something extra for that sweet tooth. Yep, they even have gluten-free and vegetarian options as well. You know, between Facebook, Google, Yelp, and TripAdvisor, they average 4.7 out of 5, and that's over a 10-year span, so they are consistently killing it. You can check them out on Facebook, but also at chopshopbutler.com. Or do yourself a favor and visit them at 108 North Main Street, Butler, Pennsylvania. And tell them Flieger and Briggs sent you. I got to get back to the chop shop. We all do. Yeah. I think we, we need to make a show field trip to the chop shop. I think that would be just be wonderful. We could probably do a remote recording from there. Ooh. Poutine oh. on the air. Yeah. Have you even got on that poutine yet? I'm waiting. To, I, I told you I was going to wait till we were together. Yeah, you know, you got to get on discuss it. the poutine. Land yacht with a side of poutine. Oh, oh, giddy up. Bill's been super busy, so maybe instead of having him here, we, we go should... to him. We can just you know irritate the shit out of him at his place. Yeah. Yeah. I think you'd be okay with. Keep that. it down back there. We're recording the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can see you doing that. Just Tell this guy to shut up! In the middle of his... Trying like, to talk! Facts and yeah. stuff, just stop and stare at him in the kitchen. 
Exactly. But anyway, in the NFL, uh, Rule 19-2 apparently has changed. And, of course, these rules are, are rather wordy. So I'm going to read you probably most of it. So it, it'll take a minute or two here. But anyway, uh, Section 2, Game Administration Support from NFL Officiating Staff. It's a hell of a title, isn't it? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what we're talking about yet. Okay. The re- this is 2020. This okay. is what it was last year. All right. The replay official and designated members of the officiating department, blah, 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 the league office, may consult with the on-field officials to provide information on the correct application of playing rules, including appropriate assessment of penalty yardage, proper down, and status of the game clock. Okay. Okay. In addition... If the designated members of the officiating department determine that a foul for a football or non-football act called on the field is flagrant, then they can instruct the on-field officiating crew to disqualify the player or players who committed the foul. So I guess if they see something but on a replay, they see maybe hitting right. them behind or whatever, they can advise them about that. That's all cool. Those players who were not penalized but who engaged in football or non-football acts that were determined to be flagrant and directly related to the foul called on the field may also be disqualified by designated members of the officiating department. So if a flag wasn't thrown on you but then somebody takes a look at it and says, okay, well, this guy you know, kicked him in the nuts while you didn't look, see him, they can throw you out of the game. I don't think they've ever exercised this, have they? I don't know. But anyway, I don't know if they have or not, but I think they have it a couple of times. But the determination of the foul being flagrant must be based on the available video provided on a televised broadcast, and the designated members of the officiating department must instruct the officiating crew to disqualify the players before the next legal play. Okay. So they got However, wait. the big thing in 2020 is the officiating department does not have the authority to instruct the on-field game officials to assess a penalty against a player. Okay. So they can say he's out the rest of the game, but, they but can't there's call no penalty, penalty against the team. All right. Okay. 2021, the replay official and designated members of the officiating department may consult with on-field officials to provide objective information regarding on-field rules and the correct application of playing rules. Okay, then you go through the same rigmarole, but now a penalty will be assessed when a player was not penalized by on-field officials but was, but was subsequently disqualified pursuant to this section. So now not only it – to me, it makes the game even longer because now every stinking play that has a flag or something, now we have to start reviewing this. Right. And then, oh, by the way, you know, Alejandro gets a five-yard penalty because we saw him doing this on the video. Getting a stupid haircut. Well – but Yay. how does – I'm really starting to wonder if, say, they are reviewing – say they're reviewing a play with a hit on a quarterback. Okay. And all of a sudden now do they say, 
hey, look, this guy's holding. Right. And uh, does that come into play, or is it only the set thing that they're reviewing? Well, and I think that's an important distinction, because I think the more common application you'd see on this would be a pass interference, right? You're trying to determine if a ball was caught or not, or if the feet got in in bounds. And if they see a pass interference, are, are they able to call that on there? Look, my opinion on all of this, I, I've thought about this a lot over the last couple of years with kind of the expansion of NFL replay and how it's lengthening the games. The play clock is what, 40 seconds? Do I have that right? 35, I think. Okay, it? whatever it is. I don't care sure. what the replay official's looking at. I don't care what he's doing up there in the booth. And I think he can assess a penalty, overturn a call, do whatever he wants, but seconds. he's got 35 seconds to do it. Yeah. And that means getting it down to the officials, getting the flag out, getting the ball set. You've got 35, just like the players do, right? right. You've got 35 or 40 seconds to do that. Otherwise, you can zip it, dummy. Stay out of this thing. 40 seconds. For, that, see, okay, it is 40. Question, make me question myself. Well, why not? I'm smart. Uh-huh. Okay, Fredo. <laughs> I know things. Yeah. I need respect. <laughs> I'm smart. That was disturbing. That was do... quite the squiggly. <laughs> well, did we get a good squiggly out of that? Yeah. That was a squiggly I'm glad spike. we got a good squiggly hey, out of that. Hey, what happened in this studio last week? I don't know. I didn't I burn know. it down. I came. I was ready to when I got back here to the studio. I, I stopped in Saturday after I got home from my All vacation. Right. And the entire studio was overrun with ants. Really? As if it looked like the carpet was moving. No It kidding. was overrun with ants. It was horrific and disgusting. Wow. So that happened between Wednesday and when you got here. Apparently. Because there wasn't anything here Tuesday. Yeah, they, they were horrific. No kidding. Were they the little wee tiny ones? No, or? the big ones. Oh, what do they uh, call those? Carpenter ants. Yeah. No yeah, kidding. Everywhere. Well, there's a lot of storms, so. Yeah, but. Jeez. They could have migrated. Did you bug bomb the place? I got some of that spray and put it along all the baseboards here. And then left, came back not an hour later, and it looked like a bomb had gone off. They all crawled out. and I mean, they were dead ants everywhere. See what happens when and you take Mitch away from the place? That's it. I didn't See? think about it. So Mitch was secretly taking care of this, and we didn't know about it. Apparently, either that or he's like Willard, and those were his pets. I don't know. Who's of course, I know. Uh, yeah. We don't uh, know. <laughs> he knows what I'm talking about. Real quick, where are you guys at on the finals? Oh, yeah, we got game six That's tonight. That's right, three, two bucks. And um, I, quite frankly, I am overjoyed at the way the Bucks are playing. I, I don't care for it. Actually, no. I, I have no animus towards the Bucks. I just have latched on to, to Phoenix no, late in this Which season. Which is why I'm really yeah, enjoying yeah. the way the Bucks are playing. Well, you don't watch any of these games, right? Because they tip no, off I, at 9 o'clock. I did not so watch, been the, in bed for I did not watch game 5, minutes. but I did watch um, quite a bit of 3 and 4. Quite a bit, he yeah. says. Where, where are you guys at? I'm on? not one of these. I'm not going to. You say you can't sit and watch a, a movie. I can't sit and watch an NBA game from buzzer to buzzer. I normally can, but I can this series. Where are you at on the uh, Chris Paul, Scott Foster conspiracy theory? I, I haven't heard this conspiracy theory. So Foster is the game six referee. 
Okay. In playoff games that Chris Paul and Scott Scott Foster have have been in, Chris Paul is well, his team is one and twelve. He is zero and eleven. Really? Yeah. So what's the conspiracy that the league put this or dummy in there? It's just for whatever reason, whenever he's officiating, Chris Paul just does not win. So. Oh, it's kind of like the old um, Hulk Hogan against Roddy Piper. We'll put Paul Warndorf as a special referee. Right. <laughs> you know, stack, the, stack the deck a little bit. I so, can't imagine the league stacking the deck either. against Chris Paul. With, with a series like this, yeah. I, no. For, forget the officiating. Chris Paul's just been bad. He needs to play better. He has been so loose with the basketball. Obviously, the big turnover at the end of game four. But then throughout that game and throughout game five, I I don't know if he's hurt. He's been out of the game for long stretches. He's always kind of nicked up. I don't know if there's something more going on. Giannis is doing what he's doing after being injured against the Hawks. Right, yeah, but he's, he's been bad. I mean, he's been a games four and five. He was a liability, yeah. in my opinion. Now yeah, he had no, a good. He wasn't four. I didn't see five. He had a good yeah. fourth quarter in Game Five. He was a non-factor, if not bad, up until that point. And then in the fourth quarter, he kind of brought brought them back in it. But he did it scoring the ball, not so much. Gave Devin Booker a break from taking terrible contested shots <laughs> without ever looking up. Booker will get on those runs, and he don't know when it's over. Uh, a lot of times, if I have any criticism of him, but it comes back to what we we talked about last week, if I remember right. I was pretty drunk if you recall you you may recall that it's they cannot match up inside no. so if Giannis and then if Lopez gets going there's nothing they can do Aiton Aiton isn't a strong enough presence inside they just run that high pick and roll to Giannis and there's really nothing they can do to stop it now if you want to talk about officiating especially in Milwaukee but I was surprised in game five this went on you can't walk past Giannis when he has the ball without Giannis going to the free throw line Early on in the playoffs, that was a good thing. He's been shooting free throws much better, especially in late-game situations. He's been making those shots, but I mean, just lives at the line. They're not allowed to defend him at all. No, and it, it goes back to consistency of officiating. I mean, we talked about that in the NHL playoffs, you know, how it was – ridiculous the other way mm-hmm. but you you do see it in the nba you see it with lebron i mean they want him to have so many foul shots you know and, and they'll make sure that he does and i don't know if it's so much this way with Giannis, but you can see yeah i mean it's kids gloves there's no doubt right and, and they've always kind of protected the stars you know i i get that because you saw it on the other side too if you have at the end of game four when the game was still close and very much in doubt. And Devin Booker's got five fouls. Right. And he comes down. And I, I forget who on Milwaukee, might have been Middle, Middleton or Holiday, one or the other, came down clean on a break, breakaway. Booker cross-body blocks him. Right. But the ball goes in, so no call. I think right. if he misses the layup, they have to make that call, but they just let it go. Yeah. Booker had conservatively four fouls in the fourth quarter of that game when he went into it with right. five. They were doing everything they can to keep from taking Booker out. So I get that. You get that situational you, officiating, and I'm all right with it to a degree. You, yeah, you, you take it with a grain of salt, but I think it's when you have – it's one thing to let them play, like right. like in the situation you you just mentioned, but 
on the same token, when one guy gets gets treated with kids' gloves, it makes it really hard to be a a player. Well, oh, sir, you know, if, like if I could def- if I could put hands all over you and it's fine, but then brush up against him and then it's a foul, it, it makes it extremely difficult to have a, a, a smooth flowing game. Right. Oh, yeah. you know, and but you know, all in all, it's still been pretty good. I mean, oh, it, it's been a good series. Yeah. Especially the last two games, the first couple games, first three games weren't very close. Right. Although they were still intriguing games, but then the last two games have been great. Haven't gone the way I wanted them to. Well, the thing obviously. is, the first two games is like you know, is Milwaukee going to win one? Right. And and then all of a sudden, you know, after the 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 second two games, like okay, we've got a series, but you know. Yeah, Phoenix gets hot. They're you know they're still gonna blow them away, and then they go to Phoenix and win. Right. And now they're coming back to Milwaukee. Now it's Phoenix up against the wall, which is very surprising. It, it might be good for it. it might be yeah. what, but Phoenix. I think they might have started smelling themselves a little bit after one and two. Game three was a throwaway. That was kind of the easiest money ever taking Milwaukee laying whatever it was. The officials were making sure Milwaukee was getting back in this thing. Phoenix didn't even look like they wanted to be there after the first quarter, but then Milwaukee and Giannis specifically have been so impressive in four and five. And what it comes down to me, Giannis is going to get 40. It, we we know this. This is just going to happen. They've been, they've been able to either limit Middleton or Holiday. They've got to slow both of those guys right. down. Now, Holiday, he isn't going to shoot like he did last game ever again in his life. It, it was ridiculous. If he, he does, was, it's going to be well, very it's short. Done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's done tonight if right. Holiday shoots 80% or whatever right. he did the other night. Same thing with Middleton. But if you hold those guys in, you know, hold Middleton in the 20s, hold Holiday over 20, I think this thing goes back to Phoenix. But they're one of those guys go because at this point – they have and they didn't come into it, but Giannis is feeling it. They have nothing to even slow him down. He's going to spend the whole night at the free throw line. If they get significant secondary scoring from one or both of those guys, this thing's done tonight. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. Can we go home? I think we're ready. He had. He's been ready. Oh, worse ending. How like, he, he's awful proud of himself that uh, you know because he brought in a phone call. He was. It was a good phone call. It was. It was a great phone call. So uh, thank you so much to uh, Mr. Bronco Swanson, Andy Frampton for joining us. Go check out all his stuff. What is it at at Bronco Swanson? That's on the the TikTok and the Insta face. In, in fa- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's called. Yeah, go, go yeah. over there and do, do yeah. all that stuff. Not on the tweeters, right? Is he even on the tweeters? Well, he is, but uh, it's not really – we haven't really been saying but it's, it's kind of like at Frandy Ampton or something like uh, that. He's got to kind of yeah. switch around. Next time so. I'm in the, in the bathroom, I'll check that out, and you should do that as well. Of course, check out everything we've got to offer at Chaos and Disorder on twi- Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. Yes, Chaos please. and Disorder pod on Facebook. AsylumFantasySports.com and be on the be on the lookout on AsylumFantasySports.com and your feed if you're subscribed here you'll get the first episode the the, the well probably the 400th episode but the first new episode of Asylum Fantasy Sports Show. Whew, that's a lot of uh, yapping. Until next time, we'll see you. Take care. Looks like we timed that intention. We did. Professionals. We are. We're good.
This solo, every time. I was just glad last week I beat you both to five holes. To what? Five holes. Oh, yeah, that irritated me. I know, that's why I did it. I was all, I had that one all chalked up and ready it's to not go. not that I'd like to irritate you. I think you do. I legit laughed at that one. <laughs> it was perfect. A Riverdale cheap. Bye, horse. <laughs>